Welcome back, everybody, from coast to coast and around the world. You are listening to American Billiard Radio. Today is August the 7th, 2014, and my name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week. And, of course, we've got another great show for you. We're going to be talking with uh, the U.S. Open promoter, Barry Berman. We're also going to be talking with uh, Jim Rempe. He was just recently inducted into the uh, Straight Pool Hall of Fame. Um, but before we get into all that, I want to throw a reminder at you. Uh, some of you may have noticed that uh, the Pool Time radio show has not been up for the last couple of weeks. So I'm just going to let you know, uh, they're taking a little bit of a, a break here to revamp the show. they got some super cool stuff going on in Kansas City. So uh, it should be exciting. I think they're going to get back with us on September the 9th. So keep your eyes and your ears peeled for that. Um, G is over at Steinway. Whew. The the World 14-1 uh, is going on once again. And uh, man, there's been some big upsets, some amazing runs. And uh, gosh, you know, I'd go into all the details, but you'd probably be better off reading it <laughs> yourself. Check in at worldstraightpool.com and uh, see how things are developing. Um, wow, I, I just can't even go into uh, the um, the amazing pool that's being played there. And uh, it's going to get a lot better, actually. So if it, it's not too late to uh, check out some of that on the pay-per-view. So uh, get on it if you're a straight pool fan. That's the place to be. Um, you know what else we got in the headlines? AccuStats has announced their um, Make It Happen 8-Ball Invitational. It's going to be coming up in November. It's, it's most certainly going to be a hot item, too. Uh, Appleton, Shane, Bustamante, um, they've all accepted invitationals, uh, the, their invitations so far. Um and the other three contestants will be voted in. So you're literally going to be able to make this happen. It's a really interesting format. And uh, I think that the the fan participation makes a big difference. So if you're into the eight ball and you want to see something really cool go down, talk to the people at AccuStats and cast your vote. It's going to make a difference. What else is going on? Um, let's see. I got an interesting piece of news the other day. You know, when you think of bowling, I know we're talking about not we're not talking about pool for a second. We're going to talk about bowling and you'll see why in just a second. If you think about bowling, who do you automatically think of? What company comes to mind? Well, for most people, the name Brunswick pops up. Brunswick, the multi-faceted company that they are, has just recently announced that they are divesting themselves of all of their bowling business. On about the 15th, I think, of July, they made the announcement that they have uh, they received an unsolicited offer to buy out all of their bowling centers. So they jumped on it. $270 million. Bam. Done deal. They just sold all of their bowling facilities and they have also announced to uh, that they intend to get rid of all of their bowling production facilities by the end of the year, if possible. So, um, for somebody who has been in the business since some the bowling business since 1890 or so, um, that's a pretty big deal that they are going to get out of it. 
And here's the twist. Back in the 1950s, when the automatic pin setter was being developed, the biggest two contenders in the business were Brunswick and AMF. They literally had a pin setter battle. And guess who bought their bowling facilities? Oh no! It was AMF. Haha. <laughs> Isn't that a turn of events? Well, and the thing is, though, technically speaking, it's not AMF. Uh, if you want to know the truth, AMF actually went broke. They declared bankruptcy in about 2012. And what remains of AMF are the investors, the holding companies, and some of the other parties that got involved in sort of rescuing that company. So technically, it's not AMF, but it sort of is at the same time. So there's a company um, called Bullmore that's going to be taking over the facilities. From what I understand, uh, it does not look like they will be rebranded. So if you have a Brunswick Zone bowling center near you, they probably won't change the name. At least it looks that way now. But um, you may be uh, noticing some improvements. Uh, apparently the company that has uh, purchased this is looking to do some um I don't want to call it high-end, but they want to improve the facilities and make them destination locations so that you can go there and do all kinds of fun stuff. So big turn of events in the uh, in the Brunswick world as far as that's concerned. Um, quite the shock. I was in panic mode for a minute because I thought that they had sold off their billiard uh, division as well, but it does not look like that's the case. So um, we'll still get Brunswick tables and balls and what have you, but uh, you'll never be able to buy a true Brunswick bowling ball or a bowling pin ever again at this point. They, um, well, <laughs> I guess maybe, maybe not. Um, they've done, stranger things have happened, you know. They, uh, it, at one point, owned Igloo. Now they don't. At one point, they owned McGregor. Uh, so you could have bought a Brunswick golf club, you know. Not anymore. They used to own Bicycle manufacturers they do not anymore you know they even in 2003 they purchased valley dynamo so when you bought a valley table it used to be owned by brunswick but three years later they sold it in 2006 so it's almost like sometimes they can't decide what they want to do but one thing is clear and that is that the bowling and billiard um, bowling and billiard interests that they do own was only pulling them in maybe 10, 12% of their their entire profits in any given year. So I think that the most of their money comes from the boats. The boats and the navigational equipment that they are invested in, that seems to make them the most money and that seems to be what they're sticking with. So we'll just have to see how it goes. So anyway, on with the show, on with the program. And we'll be back with your one-minute pull instructor right after this. Hi, I'm Scott Lee. And Randy G. And welcome to the one-minute pool instructor. Think we've ever lasted one minute? Oh, no way. I could go for a hundred minutes. Anyway, this week's discussion is about the concept of hit the ball and follow through, which uh -oh. is everywhere, uh -oh. versus what we teach, a natural finish. So what's the difference, Randy? Well, 
the difference is mental, but it there's is. certainly a physical difference in there too. Um, first of all, let's set the record straight. Uh, we both believe that we have to follow through. Sure. But for obviously different reasons. Absolutely. If if uh, the experiment was right, the Jacksonville ex experiment, and the cue ball leaves the Q-tip in right around what, one one-thousandth of a second? Or a quarter of an eye blink, yes. Yeah, okay. So therefore, anything we do with our Q-stick after we hit the cue ball is used pretty useless to a degree that's yeah. true physically anyway you yeah. can't you, there's nothing else we can do to the cue ball right so therefore follow through and, and let's change that back into just completing a perfect stroke finishing your finishing swing. our stroke um, should be mental absolutely and, and that therefore we have not only acceleration but then we have accuracy when we finish every stroke. Well, in essence, aren't we swinging the cue and the cue ball gets in the way? Oh, yeah. You know, I haven't thought of my cue ball in years. No, uh, me neither. Um, it's just there. After I do my warm-ups, I don't ever think of my cue ball. I just take my cue home and yeah. the cue ball gets in the way. Well, well you mentioned home here. And, and So let's talk a little bit about follow-through home position. Okay. Home is the natural result at the end of my stroke. Yes. Natural result. No elbow drop. Everything is gone. There's nothing more I'm ever going to do to the cue ball or speed or accuracy. All right. So by taking your cue stick home naturally, you mentally have a start and a finish position for your stroke. Absolutely. Now the brain, yeah. the brain can wrap around. Oh, here's where I start. Here's where I finish. Now I don't have to worry about it. I'm just going to do it subconsciously. And that also allows our subconscious brain to train that the biceps to move in that same range of motion at varying rates of acceleration. Oh, yeah. Speed control. From real slow to real fast, even a brake. I think we call it from finesse speed to standard speed to brake speeds, right? Yeah, exactly. So what is follow-through then? Well, follow-through means that the tip uh, goes past uh, the front edge of the cue ball some. So a quarter of an inch is follow through. Sure, it could be. Once again, a very wise instructor in our group said, if the cue ball moves, you have followed through. <laughs> and, and I believe that. Physically, that's correct. That is correct. It might not be the end of our stroke yet, but... Uh, well, the one thing we do know is that following through longer does not achieve greater results in the outcome of the shot. How could it? Can't. The ball's yeah. gone. No. No. So no. what we want is to find our natural finish. I know mine's six and a half inches. Yeah, mine's five and a half. And, and in school, we spend more time on getting ready to hit the cue ball accurately than we do with follow-through. And so that kind of uh, falls right into uh, what Willie Moscone uh, said in his books 60 years ago about following through four to six inches. A lot of us will fall within that framework. Some will be outside, some will be less than that, but a lot of people fall in there. What you won't find is you'll never find somebody with a 20-inch follow-through unless they're 8 feet tall or they're dropping their elbow. Yeah, that would be... Piston. Yeah, yeah that would be hard to do, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the fallacy falls in. The more you follow through, the more spin you can put on a cue ball. Or the more power you get. Yeah, and, and both those are, are fallacies. Right. But, 
they're going to be there forever. So uh, there's there's always going to be different ways of looking at things. Yes, and and so this is Randy G. This is Scott Lee. Finish your swing. This has been the one minute pool instructor. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Pool on the Grind here on AmericanBilliardRadio.com. I'm your host, Allison Fisher, and joining me this week is the newly induct inducted Straight Pool Hall of Fame member, Jim Rempe. It's a real pleasure to have you here, and I thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, Allison. And yeah, pool is a grind, I'll tell you that, but it's a great grind. Absolutely, and uh, tell me just your overall reaction to the night, just to start with. How, how do you... Uh, how do you feel having all these people here together to you know, talk about your career, your uh, everything you, you've given to the game? I feel older because uh, you know I'm like I was the oldest pool player here per se. I'm, I'm not playing no more, but I mean all these young guys are coming up. Some of them I know from you know they played along with me in the last, the last years that I played, but there was a lot of new players here. You know, and it's, and it's nice to see that straight pool is still going and, and I hope it does go because it is the greatest game it's it was played by players in the beginning back in the in the early days I'll tell you a little funny story about something I, I live in Scranton Pennsylvania and a guy gave me a collectible card like the baseball cards and on the card his guy's name was Tommy Houston and, and he played between he played professionally like 1890 to, to, to 1905 and I'm reading his credentials. He won tournaments in St. Louis, New York, and Philadelphia, and different things like that. And I'm looking. He was born in Scranton, and he died in Scranton. And I say, holy mackerel, here's a guy that did this over 120 years ago. He's from my hometown. He must have been riding around on stagecoaches or on horses or whatever he did to travel. But they were playing straight ball. Wow. Yeah. And that's the incredible thing about the game is that it's been around for so long. And what to you makes straight pool a game that has really stood the test of time? Because it is the right game for pool. I mean, it's it's more thought incentive game. I mean, you have to have more knowledge to play that game. Uh, there's more intricate shots in straight pool, like picking balls out of a pack to make them. Uh, you have to know the patterns to to, uh, to, to run balls. And in, in my day, the cloth was slower, and it makes for a better game because it's not as easy to break the clusters open. Uh, today, you just tap them, and they're all over the table. But you still have to run them. You still have to find your last three, four balls to get on the break shot. And it just makes for a great game. And everybody loves to see a lot of balls run, where nine ball is you run a rack, and it's over with. You know. So to me, this was the best game. When you first started out, who were some of the really impressive players to you? What was the the thing that stood out for you about them? Well, like I said in the, what I talked about, the, when I was a kid, I used to go to the, the tournament was played at the Hotel Commodore, the Roosevelt Hotel, the Hyatt in Chicago. I mean, it, and they were real theatrical events, especially when it came down to the final four players or, or, or the finals where there was just one table 
with people watching, everybody dressed up. Uh, I mean, it was just very theatrical. And some of the players that, well, before my time, it was people like Moscone and, and Willie Hoppy and, and people like that. Uh, what was the other? Babe Cranfield. And then when I came into it, people like uh, Luther Lasseter was playing, Jimmy Moore, uh, Frank McGowan, Herbalino, and they were the great players at the time. And, but everybody played straight ball. It wasn't where there wasn't even no nine ball tournaments. It was all straight ball. And, and and to watch the and every one of those guys was a character, and they all had the nicknames that went along with their personalities. And it was just a different era, and the game slipped away. I think when it went to nine ball, everybody thought it was going to be more exciting because it was more climactic. You know, because the game was over fast. I think that the suspense that it brings to the game when you're watching a long run and you're seeing how the rack develops and how game after game you have to see if the player can hold up and keep together their nerve, That's it's really impressive. And to see you know, some of these young players, I know there's uh, the, the style of play is a lot different than from the older generations. But it also, you know, you're, you're being challenged in your creativity. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's more. First of all, pool is probably the most, most pressure-packed of any kind. I call it a spam. I don't really want to. It's more of a, uh, a sport and a game put together. I'd rather call it a spam. But the pressure in it is constant, especially in straight pool, because it's the only game in the world where you can compete and not get your chance at the table. The only game in the world that's like that. Yeah. So the pressure on each individual shot is huge because if you miss, the guy's liable to run out on you. That could be the end of it. Yeah. You know, and then so you better not miss. <laughs> now, what would you say um, from the players now compared to the players that you came up watching? What are some of the differences that, that you see? Well, like I said, I mean, the cloth has changed the game dramatically, and, and it was tougher to play straight pool back then. Not saying these guys couldn't play it, it's just they, they don't have to. They don't have to know how to get around intricate types of racks, you know, because they don't have to. Sometimes they do. I mean, sometimes there's clusters. But, I mean, when the balls come together and they touch, they break apart an inch or something, though, where they used to just freeze. And then you got problems when you got frozen balls. I mean, to, you know, to... to you got to get them open. You got to know how to break them on what side. You got to like little pinch and tuck and nip the ball and stuff like that. Where now you just they're all over the table. And the styles of pool haven't changed that much. I mean, they still use a cue stick. They, they, the, 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 the product is better now. I mean, they're making fantastic cues. And, and well, before my time, they used to play with clay balls, which yeah, I mean, if you're if this is a knowledgeable crowd that we're talking to. The clay balls didn't transfer English from one ball to another. They right. did the spin and transform. Plus, they played in a 5 by 10 which is, gives you more room for position. So after that generation went by, then then they went to the, you know, the phenolic resonant balls. Uh, they, they use uh, it was a different kind of beginning uh, at that too, and they and they played a little different. They were heavier. Now they're playing with a lighter ball that's really bouncing and it really transfers English from one to another. And, and and so you have to allow for that. I think that makes it tougher. But the cloth, 
is more is more conducive. I keep going back to the clock because the clock's very important. It's more conducive to missing balls because on a slippery bed, just use common sense, if you hit a, a round object on a right-hand side with a stiff object like a pull stick, it's going to push it to the side. Right, and that's what the follow-through is all about. So it doesn't, so you have a limited reaction, something like sure. that. On the heavier clot, it it didn't do that, so it, there was less missing mm-hmm. per se. It, it, but it was harder to play because you needed a powerful stroke to play on a, on a slow clot table. You know, especially when you're shooting a long shot where you where you want to slide the cue ball, backspin the cue ball, and then let it start rolling before it gets to the ball. And you had to do that so because if you're playing on a thick club with a nap especially, it's it's gonna it has a chance to curve on your catch the nap and turn. So that's why you had to hit it firmer. And with tighter pockets you you, you know you gotta hit it right in too. So it, it, it was tougher to draw the draw the cue ball back. Now you hit a low and it flies back at you because, like we said, with the finale resin balls, they're just lighter and they just draw real fast. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of difference. What would you say was the thing that first really struck you about the game that really got you interested in playing seriously? Well, I was a good player when I was 16. I was I beat everybody that came through my hometown. They were all you know hustling and they were called hustling, but actually they were gunslingers. They all wanted to play the best player and all sure. that. And, and, but the, you know, watching them play and it was a theatrical game, like I said before. And, but everything was starting to explode in all different kind of games. And I said, here I am. I'm 16 years old. This is going to be a great future because I knew I was the best player. You know, if you don't think you're the best player, then you're probably right. not. So I I thought I was the best player. And I said, this game's going to boom. And through the years, there were so many associations that came along, and the players kept screwing it up on themselves all the time. I mean, because they were always trying, well, not trying, they were afraid the other guy was going to get ahead of them. Right. And so they would do it for less money or play for less money and, and knock the other people. And the industry never wanted to give money back into it. In fact, that was the worst mistake of my life is never doing an endorsement because I should have took my own name and ran with it, and I would have had the big tick brochure selling products rather than letting, the, letting people use my name until you know until you're not doing good or whatever like that and, and they get their name or I, you know when you're young you don't know these things when I did the first contract I should have said to them okay let's let's say you're paying me we'll just use the number of ten thousand dollars let's say you're paying me ten thousand a year well okay pay me the ten thousand but I want 25 percent more for the production of the promotion of my name too rather than the company's name you know get my promotion what they what the industry did they used the player's name but they promoted the company rather than the player yeah and when they were done with them they got rid of them and, and, and the players went for that but most players weren't smart about business and truth be told we just wanted to play pool that's all we wanted to do because in my mind it's the greatest game in the world yeah, I, I agree absolutely, and there are so many talented, so many hardworking players that want to make it, that want to see the sport progress. So I really, uh, I really hope that there can, like you said during the induction, that you hope that there's another boom for pool. I hope that we can see that in uh, in this generation because uh, everybody. Everybody loves the sport. Everybody wants to uh, see things see things happen in the right way. And I want to thank you and thank uh, all of the other players who laid the ground, laid the uh, 
uh, the path before us. So I really, I really do appreciate what you've done for the sport as a representative and as a player. Well, thank you very much, and I'll tell you for the people watching. I mean, what it's going to take for this game to go, because it's too late to do it. Well, there's a lot of different ways it could have been done, but right now as it stands, I think somebody has to come along like one of those rich uh, rich kids that got into the software business or somebody that makes a lot of money and that has a lot of money. I mean, all they have to do is put some money into the game, make a superstar, make some heroes where kids would idolize and they want to be like them, you know, mm -hmm. so you need a Tiger Woods right now, you know, some kid that has a little charisma, get pay him a lot of money, I think you'd see so many people wanting to play pool, I think it would explode in a, in a heartbeat, because it, it's been in the top 10 most participated sports in the world yeah. forever, and it's just, that it hasn't boomed yet, but it will have its day. Alright, well I really thank you very much for coming on the show, it's been a real pleasure to speak to you. And uh, it's, it's been a great experience seeing everyone come together here tonight. So thank you very much, Jim. All right. All right. Thank you very much. All right. That's it for the show this week. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. I'm Allison Fisher signing off for Pool on the Grind here on AmericanBilliardRadio.com. guys welcome to another edition of the go play pool at featured room here on american billiard radio this week uh we're going down to san diego or la mesa i guess down to on q billiards and we're talking to clyde norris how you doing clyde i'm doing great thank you for getting on the phone with me so why don't you tell us a little bit about the history of on q well, IQ has been well. The the pool hall itself has been around uh, about 21 years. I've been owner for about almost four years. Um, it'll be four years this this coming October. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I've uh, I've actually been working there since uh, working here since 2000. So it's pretty much been yeah my home for the past how many ever years and. Right. Um, I've been hanging out there probably since '98, so yeah, it's been like my second home, and now it's probably my my home. <laughs> yes, yeah. going from yeah. home for many years. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's great, awesome. So uh, I I like it when I hear about that because it always seems like people that were involved in the room and then you know, acquire it over the years, they're, they're like, super passionate about it, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, um, it, it's always, uh, scary going into a, opening a business, but, um, it made it, uh, that much easier for me being there that, um, that long and knowing, knowing, uh, a lot of the regular customers and, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that made it a little bit easier. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to make that transition, yeah. So, uh, what, uh, what kind of tournaments and leagues are you holding down there right now? Oh, tournaments? Um, well, we have one every Monday night at uh, 8 o'clock, and that, one's, that one uh, seems to do well. Um, it's pretty consistent. We usually get 30-plus. It, it's $15. Um, I don't add money, but but um, that's pretty much when all the players come down. Yeah. Monday nights, um, you, know, you know, they everyone from around San Diego comes down and 
plays a tournament, and usually if they get knocked out, everybody matches up, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. We also have a um, first Saturday of the month ten uh, ball tournament that starts at twelve thirty. Uh, it's a twenty-five dollar entry fee. It's two hundred added with uh, with uh, sixteen plus players. I add a hundred, and um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Dave Whistle. He's right next door to me. He makes uh, he makes really nice custom cues. Um, right. He adds a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so kind of nothing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, twenty-five dollar entry with two hundred added. So no, yeah, the money's pretty good for that tournament. As far as leagues go, we um, we usually have one leagues on Wednesday, Sundays and Wednesdays for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I just got four um, new diamond bar box tables put in, so, so yeah, I've, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, I know. So well, that's great. Yeah, I, I, you yeah. can't you can't you can't beat the equipment. So yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I like I love those yeah. tables. I I almost don't want to go back to playing on the. <laughs> I mean, I love I love the Brunswick tables. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but those those diamond tables are, are yeah. Yeah, those they're nice. play great. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, I I know that you just had the diamonds installed, and uh-huh. uh, you've got the the Brunswick uh, gold crown. I'm assuming. Or? Yeah, we got uh, Brunswick. Gold Crown threes. We have okay. right now. We have twenty one of them right now. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, the four uh, bar box diamond tables, and we have a twelve foot snooker table and one uh, ten foot carom table. Nice. So those are all our tables. I'm falling in love with three cushion. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that game kind of frustrates me. It's like, there's a hole on these tables. <laughs> well, I, I had, yeah. uh, I had gotten suckered into playing a tournament, and I ended up, oh, really, oh, I ended up right. splitting it. I'd never played before. I had never oh, played yeah? before and split it. So yeah, I've been kind of. Oh, that's cool. Since then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, do you have any special events or anything coming up? Are you, are you guys taking part in the Mev Tour at all? Yeah, actually, yeah, we are. Um, that is uh, so November, the weekend of November 16th, 16th and 17th, or 15th and 16th. Okay. Somewhere around there, yeah. So that uh, middle of November, um, it'll be a Saturday and Sunday. Hopefully, there'll be a good turnout. Um, Oscar and uh, his uh, and his girl, Oscar Dominguez and his girlfriend yeah. are, are the ones um, uh, heading that tour. So. Yeah, I'm hoping so, uh, they they see a lot of success with it. It sounds like you know, yeah, they, yeah. they definitely they yeah. definitely have the organization to go with it yeah. and, and the following. So hopefully, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. It seems like they they you know just want to get something going and uh, help the mm-hmm. game. Uh, you know, when when he first approached me, I was I was really open to it. I'm really open to having like um, events like this, you know, to help um, grow the game and. Um, yeah, I just want to see pool grow and um. Yeah, I hear you. We're that, we're trying that, That's to... really my main goal. I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, I love to play. I love to play. Um, but I, I figured, you know, maybe if I, maybe if I run a pool hall, it'll be uh, I'll serve pool better. <laughs> right. <laughs> my my hey. game isn't that good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my game well, isn't you good know. Enough to, yeah. yeah. No, it's 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 good. It's it's it helps. You know. A, uh, resource to you know even mm-hmm. just locally to help promote the yeah. game you know yeah, yeah. exactly yeah 
Yeah. yeah. That's great. Well, anything else that you want to add? Anything going on that you want to, you know, throw out there to our listeners? Well, if, yeah, if you're in the San Diego area, um, stop by on Q. Um, we always love to see new customers. The families are welcome. I, um, my my mom's always here. My mom and dad are always here helping me out. I'm I'm, I'm sure you met. I I don't know if you met my mom or not, but she um she loves talking to talking to the customers and uh, yeah, <laughs> and greeting the customers and uh, she's really friendly with the customers and you know my my parents are help me out a great deal. I I really couldn't have you know yeah have done it without them. They they've helped me out a lot, so I'm really oh, grateful great. for them and yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You have the support. Sometimes it's hard to find. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. yeah. I have support from from a lot of people, not just yeah. my parents, but uh, you know, a lot of customers tell me out little things here and there. You know, yeah. They they just want to see, they just want to see, uh, you know, on um you know, stay open. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. Stay, yeah. 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 It's then they'll have nowhere to go then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you uh, why don't you tell everybody how they can get in touch with you and where you guys are located? Okay, uh, we're located in uh, La Mesa, California, um, which is within San Diego. Um, our phone number uh, is six one nine four six three eight seven five nine. Unfortunately, we don't have a website I'm, I'm up right now, but we will have one soon, so um, I'll get that info out as soon as I can. Um, okay. Well, and, maybe uh, we can get you signed up with us, and then you can promote that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it goes. There it is. All right. Is. Hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Clyde. Well, I appreciate your time, and I know our listeners appreciate the information about Onky Billiards, and... Uh, Thank you for for getting on the phone with me today. Of course, my pleasure. Could I add one more thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's great what you guys you guys are doing, um, and anything like I said to promote and help the game and just get the word out there about about pool is, is great. So I hope you guys keep doing what you're doing and um, and help promote the game. All right, I appreciate that. Yeah, we're we're working hard and. And trying our best to, you know, help the sport out and and help the players out, and of course the room owners, because I know you guys work your butts off to uh, to give us a place to play. Without you guys, we're <laughs> we're stuck at home, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Clyde. Well, thank you very much. And uh, well, thank you, and keep up the good work. Yeah, thank you again for joining us here on American Billiard Radio, and we hope you'll join us next time for another Go Play Pool app featured room. Welcome back to American Billiard Radio. This is the Legends and Champions Report, brought to you by Neil's Garage Cabinets of Mesa, Arizona. 
I am your host, Mark Cantrell, and uh, this show, I'm, basically I've been looking around the forums to see what's been going on. There's a lot going on in the pool world, um, with the straight pool and the Steinway Classic that's going on this week. Uh, but a couple of threads caught my eye. Um, Roberta Agnor, um posted on behalf of Barry Berman, asking for suggestions or input regarding the U.S. Open. And so I thought, well... You know, I'll go straight to the horse from the horse's mouth, and so I've got my old friend, Mr. Barry Berman, on the line with me. How are you doing, Barry? You know, I've been called a lot of things. Uh, 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 horses. You know, the next word starts with A. So yeah, we're right on. We're right on cue. I'm doing <laughs> fine, Mark. Thank you very much. Uh, doing very well with a little bit under 70 days to go. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. A um, little hot in, here in Arizona, but uh, we'll, we'll be too much longer now. We'll get back to some normal weather. Um, let, let me start by asking you, I think the last time you were on the show, we were talking about the changes uh, you've made to this year's U.S. Open, raising the, um, the entry fee to 1000 going back to just one room. And then I guess at some point, you second-guessed yourself. Uh, what, what made you second-guess yourself to look to reach out to the billiard community uh, to look for suggestions on the Open? Well, um, you know, Mark, uh, the name of the game is more people, okay? Um, you know, there's a lot of di- – I had a lot of different scenarios to go with this year. Um, again, being back at the Marriott, uh, where it was held last year, uh, number one, uh, the floor plan uh, uh, that we designed is a mirror image of the Chesapeake Conference Center with a TV table, center court, four tables on each side, nine tables, and the only way to have it in one ballroom is to max the field out at 128. And with that being said, it even um, um, allowed us to run the event one day less, which does save quite a bit of money for everyone that comes. So instead of starting the event Sunday morning as usual, um, a Sunday will be the players' meeting. We'll start Monday morning, and Saturday we're down to the final four. Uh, now, with 128 players, Max, um, um, I know very well that it will fill. Um, I, I, I still feel that if I had left it at a 1,000 entry, that it would fill for numerous, numerous reasons. Um, but I've got to go back a bit. I'm an avid fan of Augusta National and the Masters. Uh, every golf tournament, including the majors, except for Augusta, has 154 players max. Augusta National, which I went to from 95 through 09 to Monday or Tuesday's practice round, they have around 95 players only in their a Masters event, 80 years. And the, and the reason they do that is because uh, they call all the shots, and um, it's their show. Um, I've been wanting to have qualifiers, billiard room qualifiers, uh, a multitude for many, many years. Um, and when the event was uh, open to up to 256, um, it didn't quite dawn on me to pursue that. Now, with that being said, um, structuring this year's event uh, at 128, again, maxing out, and 
you know, a thousand dollar entry fee is it's been twenty it's been five hundred dollars for twenty five years. So to double it, um, 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 you know, um, it, it was just a little bit too much to ask of people. Uh, let's face it, um, 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 it's uh, so unfortunate. Uh, many and many uh, Americans, uh, uh, particularly pool players, are uh, not doing well, and that's not the case in other parts of the world where pool is more more popular. Let's face it. Uh, the, in the Euro, the, the, in Europe, they have a Euro tour. Uh, look what the what they're doing in um, um, Saudi Arabia over there, Qatar. Um, uh, look what they're doing in China and Japan. Highly successful. Um, the United States of America uh, is um, professional pool for both men and women are suffering. So after so many different options of, you know, with, with around 70 days to go, I, I wanted an insurance policy that the event would, in fact, fill without a doubt. And um, I'm a, even my friend Jimmy Weish uh, texted me after he read um, that I lowered it from uh, 1750 and, quote, Jimmy said, uh, this certainly guarantees a full field. That is the name of the game. I did not want to take a chance on having 110, 115 players. And 128 is, again, the only way at the Marriott, who treated me very well last year, and and rightfully so. Uh, The Chesapeake Conference Center, 15 years, was rent-free. um, and then they wanted to charge all of a sudden $35,000. Well, um, uh, you can imagine how I took that. And, you know, that uh, when the city of Chesapeake does between $300,000 and $400,000 in revenue and the priceless coverage of worldwide live tape-delayed matches, um, you know, I just found that found that to be incomprehensible. Uh, uh, why they would even ask. So that's why I went to the Marriott last year. And everyone wants to be in one room. So now we can. And, again, the only way is 128 with one room and nine tables. Uh, The floor plan, Mark, this year is we – I'm glad my architect is a friend of mine and doesn't charge me by the hour because – uh, that would be very expensive. The floor plan is um, maybe the best floor plan uh, ever that we've had. And in a room that's 60 by 120 compared to a room that's 100 by 200, and the way I have it uh, with each row being 16 inches above the one in front in the entire 7,200 square feet, uh, there would not be a bad seat in the house and again, TV tables, center court, four tables on both sides. So I know the fans are going to truly love this setup this year. You know, bigger in some cases may not be better. Uh, and I feel that's the case here. You know, it's a little bit too much to ask for um, with the expenses of traveling. Uh, I mean, 
from from Manila, for an example, here, it is around twenty three or twenty four hundred dollars round trip. You know, Mark, that's a, that's a lot of money, and um, you know, it's not as easy to travel these days um, as it once was. I mean, let's look at what's going on in the world today. Um, so, you know, I I, I just. I just basically um, um, ensured that the, f- the field will be full without taking any chances of it not by lowering it to the right price. Actually, Jay Helford and I talked, and you know we we went back and forth um, about this price or that price, and he mentioned 750 is right on the number, and I must agree he, he is. Right. So, Jay, if you're listening, if things are, don't go as well as, you know, which I think, I'm sure they will, uh, it's all your fault. So I want to make sure that everybody knows uh, <laughs> it's Jay Helford's fault. Uh, Jay, and I are, uh, uh, Jay and I are doing fine, by the way. But, uh, Mark, um, I, uh, I just want to say that the big rooms from Pennsylvania and West Virginia and Rhode Island and Nevada and Aruba, uh, are coming in, and I am so happy and joyful to, you know, to, to finally have qualifiers from billiard rooms in, in America and abroad. It's just like in golf where you have to qualify for the U.S. Open. It's really something I've been wanting to do for a long time, and I believe it's going to work for years and years to come. Is there, is there a list anywhere of the rooms and the dates that are holding these qualifiers? No, no. I, actually, no. Uh, when I put when I put it out there, Mark, um, um, you know, any room in the world, uh, I gave a couple scenarios of, for instance, thirty-two players at fifty apiece. That's sixteen hundred, or sixteen players at a hundred each. That's still sixteen hundred. Pay the entry fee, room owner to keep uh, green fee like a hundred dollars or a hundred and fifty. Uh, give the player uh, a couple uh, nice college shirts to wear with the room name, uh, the player's name, and the player will be recognized um, and announced at each match he or she plays that they want a qualifier at. Uh, so and so's room and city and state, and it's just you know a wonderful thing to give uh, a good local players from around America and the world an opportunity to play where it's not as it's 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 you know I'm having a couple qualifiers here, and I'm charging forty dollars um, um, and sixteen players, and I'm going to kick in the additional. Uh, $100 to make it the 750 um, and it just gets more more people involved, more rooms involved, um, uh, more players involved um, uh, that are um, ab- above average amateur players that are very good local players in their area. Some rooms are having open, they don't care who plays in their qualifiers and some rooms are having it exclusively for their regular customers. Either way, it's their choice. 
and it works very well, and everybody wins. Everybody wins. Is there any uh, is there any kind of qualifications that the pool room has to have to, in order to hold a qualifier? How, how does it kind of work? Let's say I own a pool room. I, I know there's a lot of pool room owners who will listen to the show, and well, they say, you know, I like to. Work. What, what do they need to do? It's, uh, basically, it's very simple, Mark. The rooms that have enough interest with uh, X number of players. You know, if you if you take a, a, a small room somewhere and there's only six or eight uh, guys that want to uh, take a shot at playing at the Open, uh, then do the math and et cetera. But, uh, but most uh, that we're receiving are rooms that have, you know, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35 players from their area and from their room that want to have a qualifier. Um, and when they go to the owner slash manager and there's enough interest, uh, that's really all it takes. That's really, I'm not handpicking rooms. Uh, it's, I'm holding 32 spots or 32 billion rooms in America and abroad. And uh, we're getting quite a few, um, um, quite a few, and as we get closer, we'll be getting quite a few more. In addition, Mark, I'm holding 64 spots for the top 64 WPA-ranked players to send in their entry by mid-September to secure their spot or actually to send in a deposit of $250 to secure their spot. So this will, this year's event will accumulate players from top-ranked players from around the world through the WPA sanction, which uh, it is, and, and the sanction fees have been paid for for months, as well as billion room qualifiers, and also as well as so many people that just want to play every year to, to still be able to send in their entry fee. And uh, 750 mark, you know, after going back and forth in my mind, um, uh, it, 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 it's, it, it's definitely the, the right number. A thousand, a little bit too much. Uh, 500, it's been that way forever. I think I think Jay and I uh, hit it on the head, and I agree. Uh, uh, like Jimmy White said, 750 um, is uh, a guarantee to fill, and I feel very confident that it will. And I just didn't want to take a chance, and uh, so it's still. And you know, I'm playing devil's I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit, but you think 250 dollars is going to make a difference? And, and the reason I, the reason I say that, and listen, you're talking to uh, people like Jay Alford and Jimmy White. I mean, they then you you guys all know what you're talking about. I'm just playing devil's ass a little bit. But to the end of the day, for somebody to come to Chesapeake Hotel, maybe the airfare and the food, an expensive tournament to go to. At least, at, least a, at least a couple of thousand. So if somebody's in for a couple of thousand, is that two fifty going to make that much of well, a difference? Let, let's let's just say this. You know, yes, it's one day less that saves um, you know a certain portion, which is 
a decent amount. You know, um, um, again, I, 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 I still feel confident that if I had left it at a thousand, uh, and so did uh, Jay, he felt uh, as confident as I that it would have filled at a thousand. But again, you know, I just wanted to um, uh, make sure that it would fill. I did not want to cut it off for the first time ever in 38 previous U.S. Opens to cut it off and come up short. And um, um, so, again, yes, $250 is, if you're sharing a room with someone, and most do, you know, that's um, that adds up, and it just does. Every bit helps. And I let me ask, let me ask you a hypothetical question. You, we, you're saying the 128-man field. Let's say uh, and women, women can play as well. Go ahead. Do if you are full and you've got a waiting list of maybe 30 people, would you be open to oh, you increasing the email? Uh, uh, no, uh, uh, the way it's set up, um, uh, only once the year 2000, uh, the year that Earl won his fifth title, the 25th anniversary of the U.S. Open, I had 30 extra players, and we ran with 286 players at the Chesapeake Conference Center. And it was a scheduling nightmare and um um and, and I, you know i i just you know uh, if i was still at the chesapeake conference center and it, if it was still 500 at 256 players i would not i would not extend the field it, it was it was brutal for players uh spectators it, it was just you know at the end of the week who was ever in the best shape really won the tournament, and that happened to be Earl. Because when you have to play, you know, so many matches, um, and you have to start earlier and end late, uh, this scenario really works well where matches are 11, 1, 3, and 5. Take a dinner break and have only two rounds at night, Mark, 8 or 8.30, and, and 10 or 10.30, and we're and Monday through Friday, and and we're done for the day. Saturday, final day, final four, one, three, and seven. And by the way, it by doing this instead of two hundred thousand, it's a hundred and seventy thousand. And I'm still paying thirty three through forty eight receive approximately double their entry fee back. First place is still thirty thousand. So I tweaked all. Uh, I tweaked um, uh, the uh, entire uh, one through forty-eight slightly, only slightly. So it does make uh, a difference. And I didn't take thirty and lower it to twenty-five. And um, I, I just uh, the new the new prize fund breakdown is extremely good. It's thirty, fifteen, ten, seven. Then six, then five, then four, then three, um, and then it goes to twenty-five, two thousand, and thirty-three through forty-eight 
1375, and that adds up to 170,000. In other words, 128 players times uh, 750 is $96,000. I'm adding actually a couple thousand more. So I'm adding $74,000, and that evens it out to 170000 And nobody pays uh, with 128. Nobody pays beyond 32. But now 33 through 48 gets back almost double their entry, not just their entry. So... You know, my dad, may he rest in peace, the smartest man I've ever known. He was not involved with my business, but he used to always say, Barry, the more people you pay, the more that will come back. And, of course, he was right. So um, uh, that's 38% of the field will get money back, and of which 33 through 48. Again, nobody else would do that at 128. They get almost double their entry back. So that makes a huge difference. And by doing so, um, um, it assures a full field. Again, I, I still think it would have been full at a 1,000. But I, you know, the more I thought about it, and I just didn't, did not want to take a chance. Uh, everything is scheduled beautifully, and uh, that's to me, the icing on the cake, and the prize fund breakdown is minutely different for each spot. So it's 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 very good indeed. If you compare the two hundred thousand to the one seventy, you barely see the difference in each. You barely see the difference um, in the categories um, um, uh, with the prize fund. Well, let me ask you this because you, since, you, since you're talking about the price fund and it's always on, you know, every year it seems like there's somebody wants to ask questions. Uh, what are you doing with the money this year? Are you escrowing it? I know the BCA has done some stuff before. Well, uh, you know, last year, you know, I did do the escrow um, and, of course, everything worked out well. Um, and uh, to, uh, to be honest with you, I've, I've structured this event to be much less expensive when you have a smaller facility. Um, uh, staff uh, is less people. Um, it was much more expensive at the Chesapeake Conference Center for setup, much more expensive when we had it two years ago in three-and-a-half ballrooms, and even more expensive last year when we had it in uh, two ballrooms. So now I have been able to cut down on um, um, quite a bit of expenses. It takes less people to help run this event, and less is always good. I have terrific sponsors, terrific sponsors that have uh, stood by my side through hurricanes, 9-11s, uh, uh, player boycotts, and all those things over the years, and uh, um, they're still with me. So in answer to your question, the fact that there's so, uh, so much less capital capital to, to run this event, um, and with the sponsorship I have, and I'm sure the gate will be 
fabulous. How can it not? Uh, as well as my vendors uh, that are loyal and others that are uh, begging to get in uh, because I have limited space. Um, um, and I have uh, a couple other uh, new sponsors that I'll be announcing very soon that are glad to be involved. And all this means that all the money, you know, I'm not, I'm not going backwards anymore. Um, I'm not going backwards anymore. It, uh, er- everything will be... Uh, Shane, my dear friend Shane, who's trying to three-peat, um, and, he, and listen, if anybody can do it, it's Shane Van Boning. Um, uh, he, he said, Barry, just make sure everybody gets paid. And I said, Shane, I've got that worked out. So uh, it's, all been, it's all been worked out through many means of sponsorship, less expense, <clears throat> and um, um, oh, and on top of it, we're having a very decent-sized amateur event, Mark, going on at the Marriott and the two rooms that we're not using, as well as the overflow here at Q Master Beards. In other words, more people brings more to the table and especially qualifiers for the U.S. Open um, that are close by, and uh, like in Pennsylvania, uh, a multitude of friends will be coming to watch their person play. The amateur event we're having and structuring now, which will be announced with who, um, all that means is more people are coming. And when more people come, that takes care of your gate, that takes care of um, food and beverage, that takes care of Q Master Beach being open uh, nine days, uh, 24-7. So um, um, I have I have uh, worked this to a science this year with less expense, uh, quite a bit, actually. Um, uh, it used to cost, I don't even want to tell you what it was with the um, setup when it was at the conference center, um, There'll be no bleachers, by the way. Uh, every seat will be a table and chair, just like the VIP sections. And every seat will be one uh, 16 inches above the row in front. So all the, uh, you know, I expect the ballroom to be uh, completely jammed, and I, I expect the gate to be very well. And I already know I'm going to have to feed into another room for the overflow crowd so they'll be able to enjoy uh, if uh, when, when the ballroom is full. So a lot of things I've done this year, Mark, I have done to thwart um, many of the unnecessary expenses. It takes less people to run. Um, it takes less people doing a lot of things, and all that does is add up to a lot less expense where with the help of sponsorship and more and the gate and 24 hours here, um, uh, there's a really no danger of, of any shortfalls. And uh, after last year, uh, there's no way that I would let that happen again. Um, and it's a good thing I don't do this for a living because if I did, I'd be in pretty bad shape. Uh, no, no one can deny my passion for the game 
No one. You can say whatever you want about me, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But um, uh, this is my 39th annual. And yes, along the way, we all make mistakes. I'm sure Bill Gates makes mistakes. I'm sure Warren Buffett makes mistakes. I'm sure Trump makes mistakes. Now, I'm not in their category, of course. But, you know, um, this year's structure... Um, in my opinion, is is really going to be um, uh, a lot a lot less uh, expense. Well, I know it is. And well, if you by the sounds of it, you know you've got basically you've cut down on a lot of expense, and it's that obviously is going to equate to having more money available and and things like that. So that's good. I'm I'm, I'm glad you've got that sorted out. Um, I do. To go on to my uh, next question for you is uh, I t- just take a second. I'd like to congratulate Jose Perica and Mika Imanen. I'm sure you've heard they were inducted to the Hall of Fame. Well, they will be Friday night here at the U.S. Open um, across the street in a, in a small portion of the Chesapeake Conference Center that uh, Mike Pinoza and and Rob Johnson have arranged. Uh, so, yes, that will be Friday night uh, during the Open, and we're going to allot um, X number, uh, uh, the time frame that they need to have, you know, a, a proper induction. And um, um, I do believe that... Um, um, it's not a hundred percent, but I'm um, I'm talking with the greatest player um, and that we've uh, that we've seen in our lives, uh, Efren Reyes. I believe Efren will be here to uh, participate and support uh, his countryman Jose Perica, and um, we've been chatting uh, via text the last couple of days and. You know, Efren and, and Francisco are both Hall of Famers. Now, another third great Filipino player, Jose Perica, rightfully so, will be inducted Friday the 17th uh, uh, during the U.S. Open and will take a break to allow a proper dinner. And congratulations to Mika, of course, rightfully so. So, a lot of good things are happening, Mark. And the amateur event, wait till you hear what we're doing with that and how many more people that's going to bring to Chesapeake and to Virginia but Beach. What's, what's the um, hotel pay? You have a hotel package, a special deal for uh, players? Yeah, of the, yeah uh, the Marriott, what a deal this is. And it's absolutely, absolutely beautiful. All this is on the U.S. Open website. The Marriott, all I have to say is U.S. Open is uh, for two people. It's $89. And that's kind of hard to beat at a Marriott. Or you can go right next door and stay at the Hampton Inn for 79 Or the Red Roof is across the street for 59 And there's several other hotels in that compound. But, you know, um, um, two guys sharing a room, um, uh, and you're better off to stay at the Marriott. Everything's going to be right there. And if you do the math for seven or eight nights, 
uh, uh, staying there versus somewhere else, we're not talking about a whole lot of money difference. I would rec- highly recommend that uh, people book uh, at the Marriott, 757-523-1500, and say, I'm coming to the U.S. Open, and they'll get that $89 rate. And that's a great rate for a beautiful Marriott. Well, the advantage of being on site as well. Like a lot of times, you know, like the Red Roof Inn, I you can stay across the street. And I say it's across the street. That's, that's a little bit of a walk, and then you go across that main road. But staying on site makes your life just so much easier. Whether you're playing or spectating, because if you, you want know, to just go take a quick nap or rest a little bit, you know. You know if you think about it seriously, and you stayed somewhere for, say, the room is $20 a night less. When you do the math and divide it by two to a room, um, uh, the convenience is well worth the little bit of extra money to, as you said, stay on site. So uh, I would, uh, they're holding X number of rooms, and I highly recommend that um, people start uh, um, making their calls and reserve their rooms for the U.S. Open October uh, 13 through 18. Yeah, it's Monday through Friday. The matches are 11, 1, 3, and 5. Take a dinner break, uh, 8 or 8.30 um, in that neighborhood, and then the last round will be 10 or 10.30. Instead of now, we won't have any matches beginning at midnight, 12.30, 1 a.m., and it, we, we just we won't have it. It just works great with 128, um, with uh, nine tables, and the most important uh, request was, please, Barry, we all want to be in the same room. Well, I, I listen, I hear, I understand, and I, I didn't like it either. But when uh, the Chesapeake Conference Center wanted to say thank you for the last 15 years um, and the, and the uh, several hundred thousand each year of revenue and the prices uh, exposure to now say, oh, sorry, it's 35000 if you want the Chesapeake Conference Center. Um, well, I didn't, I, didn't, uh, I didn't use a choice words. Uh, I, I really felt like it, to be honest with you, but uh, I was mature about it. And, and and just said thanks but no thanks and and told them how ridiculous that was but hey uh, the uh, people at the Marriott treat, treated us golden last year golden and they whatever we needed they took care of it and that's an awfully good feeling rather than dealing with um, um, another situation that is not as comfortable, and uh, you know it, it baffles me why they would, um, um, you know, even try to charge um, any amount of money. But they went from zero to thirty-five thousand, and I had to. Well, I wasn't completely polite, but I had to say respectfully, so um, uh, no, thank you. Right. Well, um, the, the only reason that we heard that you were 
you, to begin with, you were considering any change, and then uh, later on during the week, uh, it was kind of piled there uh, that you were changing from 1,000 to 750. Um, the only reason we heard about it is uh, through the forums on AZ Billions and uh, Roberta Agner. Now, what, what's Roberta doing? Is she working for you? Is she working yeah, on... Um, yes. Uh, um, my daughter, um, um, nine months ago, um, after eight years, wanted to pursue the real estate business. Uh, I wish her well. Um, after eight years, uh, side by side, or actually longer than that, at the open, um, Shannon is, um, uh, is dabbling in the real estate business. And her husband's uh, going to be a pharmacist in uh, six or eight months. And, um, um, you know, it's all terrific for my daughter and her family. Roberta has been an avid fan uh, for 25 years. So a few months ago, she also has accounting, um, knowledge, QuickBooks, you know, paying the bills, all the things that needs to be done, and inventory control, and the whole nine yards. So we, you know, we, we, you know, I'm so fortunate to have Roberta right here Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. till 6 p.m. by my side for um, um, the operation of QMaster Billiards and the operation of uh, the U.S. Open in particular, and everybody knows Roberta. That's been coming for years and years and years with her, her mom and dad, her daughter, Ashley. So Roberta is a permanent fixture here at Key Masters now um, uh, as of um, uh, almost almost three months ago, and I'm very fortunate to have her. And she loves everybody at the Open, and everybody loves her. Okay. The, the reason I ask, just the I never knew that she was actually working for you. So now when she uh, says something on the AZ Bailey's on the forums or anywhere else for that matter, we can look and say, okay, well, she's speaking on uh, Barry's behalf. So we know that it's not just a rumor. It's not just something she's saying all over her. This is actually uh, information that everybody can trust. And And her phone number, office number here, is posted people can call her. Uh, feel free to uh, call Roberta Monday through Friday from uh, 9.30 to 5.30 Eastern Standard Time, uh, 757-383-6396. And she has her own office here, and she is really, uh, I'm very blessed to have her. And uh, she's a huge fan of the U.S. Open, a huge fan of mine and all the people that come, just and the players, uh, fans. They all love her, and they they have congratulated her uh, numerous times. And uh, she'll be a tremendous asset uh, to this year's U.S. Open, tremendous asset. So it, it's all going to work out. Uh, everybody will leave town paid in full. The way we restructured things, the expenses are so much less than it's uh, ever been, ever been. And all that, all that makes a difference. All that makes a difference. Um, I'm uh, very appreciative 
for Mr. Ian Anderson, president of the WPA, uh, Skip Nemechek, president of the United States Soil. Um, I paid the uh, $3,600 sanction fee months ago in advance, and they have done a great job spreading the world, uh, word to all seven continents, encouraging players to come because it's Tier 2, a points event, not only for next year's World Championships, but also for many other WPA events in China and Japan that um, are um, uh, either Tier 2 or Tier 1. So players are kind of forced to come because this is now a points event for the world's greatest players that are, yeah, I should, I that, are on board, that are on board with the World Pool Association. They need their points. It's just like in golf. It's just like in, in uh, many other um, um, sports. You need your points to qualify, such as next year's World Championships. The WPA holds the top 128 players' points to come to the World Championships. So if if some of those guys can't make it, they go down the list. Now the U.S. Open will be involved with the points and how they arrive at the list of players to determine which 128 players are invited to play in 2015's World Championships. Okay. Well, I should I should know I should know the answer to this question, but I don't. Uh, the we're talking about points with the Moscone Cup this year. The European team is gonna there are going to be I think two or three spots are going to be uh, part of. Um, the, they've got to qualify. You know, I don't know if they're going by the BCA ranking list or if they're. One year they had like the China Open and the U.S. Open and uh, some other tournaments that counted as points towards uh, being on the Moscone Cup team. Do you know is, is that the case with the U.S. Well, Open? What, I, what I've heard, yes, for both Europe and America, uh, there. Um, um, no, no, America, Barry. Pardon me. No, America. It's not going to count as points towards America's team. No, what I'm saying is Mark Wilson has to determine who's playing. He has like eight players vying for five spots. Okay, what I'm saying is uh, the U.S. Open is six weeks prior to the Moscone Cup. So I'm sure that will have an impact on who he picks. You know, if one of the guys is on the bubble and say he wins the Open or does very well, that's going to that's going to determine um, 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 who he picks. He's got eight players. He has to get down to five. And um, uh, I don't think you're right. I don't think Europe. I think they've already picked their team. Um, uh, from what I understand, I may be wrong, but I know Mark Wilson has not finalized uh, the five players yet. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. yeah. No, he has under this point, and he's supposed to do it in October. Now, I'm not sure if he's doing it. Well, guess what? Guess Before the Open or after? 
I would, um, um, you know, I'm going to give Mark a call and find out uh, if it's in October. If that's what you're saying, Mark, I would venture to say the U.S. Open has something to do with it. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm, find out. I'm, I've, I've had a lot of conversations with Mark, and uh, and uh, we've had him on this show a few times. Um, I. I, I could be wrong on this, but here's what I believe could be going on. I think he may be picking the team prior to the Open and then bringing them there and he, putting them in their Team USA shirts and trying to make a big deal out of it and maybe have them sign some autographs well, or do something while they're there. Well, if that's the case, I'm loving it already. If that's the case, I'm loving it already. That I think I think great. it would be I think it would be a, a nice it'd be it'd be good to wait until after the open to make his final decision. I can understand that. But I can also see saying Barry, give us a table and between noon and one on Wednesday, Team USA are gonna have photographs and you can come get your picture taken and get them to sign stuff. And I'm gonna find out about Europe as well. Um, and um, I'm going to find out today. Um, um, so, uh, Mark, um, I just want to thank you for this time. Um, um, I have work to do now. If you, if unless you have a couple more questions, no, no, that's about it. I, I really do appreciate your time and kind of, you know, letting people know. It's always good to hear from the horse's mouth what's going on, what the thought process was, as opposed to on a billiard forum. Uh, well, you know how. So many, twisted around a so many years, I, I believe it's over 25 years now that the entrance fee has been 500 Okay, the fact that I'm not adding 50 I'm adding 74 to be Tier 2 WPA sanctioned fee already uh, been paid. Um, and Ian uh, Anderson uh, putting word out to uh, all seven continents as well as Mr. Nemechek in the United States. Um, 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 you know, we're going to have um, uh, a top-notch uh, U.S. Open w intermingled with uh, uh, awesome players, awesome players from billiard rooms around America and the world, as well as uh, up-and-becoming new players. And 128 is the right number at the venue and the floor plan. The floor plan is is... Uh, folks, if you haven't seen the floor plan, please take a look at it. it it's you know, you know, you'll be able to see uh, uh, from one end to the other uh, much uh, uh, clearer now that we're in a room that's 60 by 120 versus a room that's 100 by 200. So, uh, and the fact that uh, all levels of seats are going to be 16 inches higher than the ones in front of them. Uh, it, what, it's just going to be a terrific floor plan, and um, uh, we work really hard on that. Uh, my expectations are, are wonderful. And lastly, again, I, I just, I, as hard as we've worked to make this right and to, to have a great event in one room, which everybody wants, uh, was to fill it at 128, and uh, with set with 70 days to go, the right decision, the right decision that I tossed and turned and talked to people was 
to, to lower it to 750, the right number, and that ensures a full field. And uh, that's uh, that's one of my other goals. So I, I just didn't, you know, I would have felt, I just would not have liked having 118 players or 107 players or 122 players. I want to make sure we have 128 players. And as a promoter, that's my job. And um, um, we're, we're getting very excited. Uh, the phone's ringing off the hook. So anybody, give Roberta a call or go to our U.S. Open site. Get your room at the Marriott, $89. You can't beat it. And Mr. Control, I'm losing my voice, and uh, um, uh, and I have to talk more later today. So I thank you very, very much. And in a a few minutes, um, uh, if you don't mind, may I call you back, Mark? Absolutely. I, Sounds I want to good. thank you for what you do. I want to thank you for what you do. Um, and, and the AmericanBilliardRadio.com, I'll be listening tonight. And thank you for what you do for the game of pool. And uh, we, we need more people like you. And, thank you, Bobby. I appreciate uh, that. And um, um, uh, we've, we've got things down to, um, you know, uh, to make sure that uh, everyone's secured and taking care of as they should, and um, uh, we have additional sponsors as well as, you know, um, uh, Ivan Lee being so good uh, to the Open for years, Diamond being so good to us for years. We have more that want to be good to us also, and um, we'll be announcing some new sponsors in the next few days. Well, as we as we get closer, Barry, um uh, hopefully we can get you on again um, when we get closer to the actual start date and see how things are going and maybe you can give us an update. Anytime, Mark, and I am going to call you back in about 15 minutes and I've really enjoyed this interview and fans, players, we look forward to seeing you and um, um, everything's going to be fine and um um, yeah, again, we've cut down on many expenses, and that sure helps at the end of the week. Um, again, um, um, I do this for the love of the game, and uh, that everyone knows that's for sure. So okay. I will, uh, I will uh, back it up with um, uh, the less expense uh, means all will be well. And, okay, thank uh, you very much, Barry. Uh, I, we appreciate your time. And uh, keep in business every year. And uh, I will uh, speak to you again in the in the very near future. Mark, thank you very much. And yeah, actually, I'm gonna call you back in about ten minutes. <laughs> so, okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very very much. And we'll talk in a minute. And uh, thank you for what you do and your show and your love of the game as well. Thank you. Appreciate. Okay. That. Thank you, Mark. All right. That, thank you. Thank you. All right. All right, pool world, come on, let's get to Chesapeake. And, oh, Scott Scott Smith, Scott the Shot, is coming back to MC. Oh, life is good. Uh, just, yeah, Scott is the man, still has the voice, still has the excitement, the enthusiasm, and he also wants to play in this year's event. So we're going to have a really good time with a mixture of 
a multitude of the world's greatest players playing alongside up and becoming players, qualifiers from rooms from all over the world, and it's just going to be uh, um, um, one day less, six full days of pool action, and I look forward to seeing everyone very soon. Thanks again, Barry. I'll speak to you soon. And that's it for this edition of the Legends of Champions Report, brought to you by Neil's Garage Cabinet of Mesa, Arizona. And I, I think everybody got a lot of information there. It's no longer rumors or hearsay, secondhand reports from uh, AZ Billions forums. You know exactly what's going on at this point, and uh, we'll get updates uh, as we get closer. So that'll be it for this week. Thank you all for listening. And uh, speak to you next week. Fourteen hours of too much green, racking the balls till it brings out the sheen. Such a long time to waste playing pool Fourteen hours of being the fool The leather creaked as the nine ball drops Ending all hope for a comeback pop Fourteen hours of chalk up and play Nothing to show except the light of day